Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. But, you know, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to love the world. He came to save the world. That's what he says, John, John 3.17, after the verse that everybody quotes in 3.16, it says that he didn't come to condemn the world, he came in to save the world, the entire world, that's the cosmos, everything. And I just get this picture of the woman at the well. This was probably a harlot, a prostitute, had been married several times, had tons of mistakes in her life, but what did Jesus do? He actually, and she was an outcast, she was part of a different people group that he wasn't supposed to be associating with, she was considered unclean in every level compared to what he was supposed to be meeting with and talking to as a, as a Jew. And, and what happens is he just takes time and just loves on her. Loves on her at the well. Says, yeah, I know your past. I know you. It's okay. I love you. And, and it's just this amazing, beautiful story. And I think sometimes God has dug in our dirt. And um, when people want to throw stones at us, the woman caught in adultery. So here's a woman caught in adultery. This, the Pharisees want to just condemn her and throw stones at her and literally murder her. And Jesus says this, he says, he who's without sin cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, you see this picture of these Pharisees beginning to disappear, and now Jesus is down writing something in the sand. And I often talk about this, but I believe this, we want to figure out what he wrote. I don't think that was the message there. I think the message that I get from it is he got down to catch her eyes, and he got down because she was condemned and she was full of shame. So her head and her posture was probably like this. He goes down, and he's not afraid to dig in our dirt. He's not afraid to get in our mess. You know, he's not afraid to get in Christy's mess and dig up the mistakes and the choices that she made. He's not afraid to go deep with us. He's not afraid of our, of our mistakes or our challenges or our disbeliefs. He's not afraid of that. And all of a sudden, I think he did this. I think he did that to catch her eye so that she could get a different posture when the shame was lifted. And he just says, go, sin no more. Don't ever do that again. Sometimes we just need to allow God to dig in our dirt and actually go deep. And just be real and be authentic with him and uh, be genuine. Ronald Reagan says this quote. He says, um, says something like, I, I find it interesting or I've noticed that everybody who's pro-abortion has already been born. I saw this quote on Facebook this week and he says this. It says, if we took a moment of silence for every baby that's been aborted since Roe versus Wade, we'd be silent for over 100 years. That's, that's a sad statistic. But I believe, I also saw the same thing through, on the news this week, that our new governor is willing to sign the heartbeat bill. It was vetoed, now he's willing to sign it, so everybody say amen to that. Amen. amen. So as we have one state going the opposite direction, our state is rising, and in politics and in so many ways it says, where Ohio goes, there goes the nation. We're a heart-shaped state because we love and we love, we love, we love. God loves. God loves Ohio. God loves this nation. He loves this world. And I believe Ohio is going to get this through. And where Ohio goes, there will the nations go. And I've traveled the nations enough to know that where the nation of the United States of America goes, the other nations go too. When we begin to travel two to three years after every decision we make here, the other nations are making those same decisions. We're the leader. We're the innovators. We are the, the, the bulldozers through culture. And I just, I believe this. I believe this is going to be a worldwide thing to really save lives. So, hey, today I want to I continue on uh, Vision 19. So how many have enjoyed that? Yeah, I know it's been a couple of weeks in the snow and stuff, but Josh hit a home run 
the other week, two weeks ago. So these are all on Vimeo podcast. I'm not going to recap much. You can just watch them. But, um, but he, he, he hit a home run. And one of the things he asked me for this year, we had a meeting with the pastors. And we're like, Nicole and I are like, what do you guys need from us? What do you need more of? What do you, how do you need to be more valued? How do we need to show you we appreciate you more? What, what do you need? How do you need us to communicate? And, he's, and what are your dreams for this year? We were just kind of doing just some talking and leaning hearts. And, and he said, I want to, after I preach, I want constructive criticism. He's like, I want to get better, but I want you to be real with me, and I want you to tell me everything that stinks and that can be better. So Monday after he spoke two weeks ago, I called him. I was like, Josh, I just have a confession. I can't do what you've asked me to do. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I can't find anything wrong with your message. I can't criticize anything because it was that good. <laughs> Definitely my favorite. So he talked about the difference between dreams and visions and talked about the difference between um, just, just all these different parallels. And some of the things that he was saying were just like, it was like Bill Johnson was up here dropping these heavy revies, you know, these word bombs that were just like, whoa, it's amazing. Um, but here, here's the thing. We, we did a, a, an activation a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. If you weren't here, we encourage you to do a dream list. Do a dream list. Habakkuk 2.2 talks about writing the visions down. And then we based it on Ephesians 3.20 that God will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask, think, or imagine. So this dream board, and, and I just want to talk about dreams just for a moment as I get into a couple dreams. Um, and the first thing is, if our, dream, if our history is greater than our dreams, then we're already dead. I, I want you to remember that. If we're living in the good old days, or we're living back, oh man, just back here, or man, the old church, or my, the old house, or, or this, those were the good old days. If we're living and stuck in the good old days, we don't allow room for the days to get better as we look forward. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we get to value and honor where we've been. We get to enjoy where we are. But he also gives us invitation to look forward to where we're going. So if our history is greater than our destiny, then we're already dying. We have to look forward and look beyond just our now. We have to look beyond what's happening now. So dreams opens us up. Dreams opens up a hope realm that actually increases our faith to see beyond what it is and to happen to be what it could be. That's what dreaming does. So dreaming allows, you know, Walt and Cheryl, Cheryl was one of the singers up here. She's my sister. They started up a company this week, and they called me to thank me for increasing their ability to dream, and they said, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. So they're stepping out on faith, and I said, I pray you're millionaires, and I pray you draw my name every Christmas. They've had this dream to start a business for years and years and years, and finally God opened up some doors and some abilities and ways for them to be able to do that. So now they're pursuing their dreams and they're taking this risk. And we see that throughout so many stories here, that God is not opposed to us dreaming and and us going beyond where we are currently. Now, it can't be out of discontentment because the Bible does say, be content with everything you have. You know, so it's not out of discontentment. It's literally just the hunger for the more. You can't have leftovers for something that wasn't already prepared. So, so you honor where you are, and it's content where you are, but you actually look forward to where you're going. So that's a hunger for the more. So we just planned a ministry trip to St. Lucia. Yeah, I know. I know. Somebody's got to suffer for the cross. So we go there every couple years, and when there's a, we have a church down there, and it's just these beautiful people. And this year, every few years, we get the ability to take our kids, and, and we go for a week of ministry and a week of vacation. And let me just tell you, I'm already dreaming about it. Like, I'm already looking forward to it. How many have already planned vacations for 2019? Okay. 
They say the best time to plan a vacation is eight months ahead of time at minimum because the best thing for your mind for vacation is actually looking forward to it. In your mental health and in your, your, your wellness, it's actually when you plan things out ahead that the part of the best thing about vacation they rule is actually looking forward to it and envisioning things and planning things and say, okay, where are we going to eat? Where are we going to do this? Are we going to go to the beach? Are we going to the mountains? You know, whatever it is. We're going to hike up this thing, you know. Those are the things that keep us going and keep us alive. So let me just talk about a, a couple of things here. Song of Songs. 2, 11 through 13 says, the winter is past and the spring has come. See, the winter is past, the rains are over gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance, arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So without dreaming, we can't see past the winter. Right, we, we've had a pretty hard winter the last two weeks or so. It was great until then. It was like, and then boom, it's like smacked us right upside our heads. You know, it's like not so much here or here, but right about here. Any movie lovers in here? Okay. So anyway, it, it's, there's something that's happening right now. There's something in this misery. There's something through this pain of winter that's happening in the ground. And we often talk about it. This is the most fruitful season. Is that in the winter, the, the earth shifts and moves and, and all the nutrients go back into the ground. The leaves that died and went down, the seeds, they, they work themselves into the ground because they become nutrients and they become life into the spring. So, so there's this thing. In, in Acts 2, it says that there, we will dream and we'll have visions and we'll all prophesy. So he's talking about this. So God's giving us permission to, to, to dream. And let me just go over a story here because I'm going somewhere with this. You see... I'm going to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. and his dream and play part of his speech here. And then I'm going to talk about Joseph, the dreamer, who actually had to go through hell, in a sense, to pursue his dreams and actually get to reigning and ruling with Pharaoh. So sometimes we have to go through pain. Or, I'm not saying we have to, but sometimes we go through pain, and sometimes we go through issues, but vision gives pain that purpose to be able to achieve and reach your dreams. I, I, happened to, I, I started CrossFit a couple months ago. And I'm like, how, how do these guys do it? So I started watching CrossFit games on Netflix. And I'm like, how do they push beyond, like, when they think they're going to die? So sometimes these workouts, like, I think I'm literally not going to be able to breathe. I see myself, like, I'm like, I, I got to go outside. I'm going to have to open that door and, like, breathe. And I'm like, how do you push past that pain to go beyond what you think your body's capable of? How do you do that? So I ran across this guy, David Goggins, and he's a, a Navy SEAL. And he's talking about, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, those young kids, but the video is called Embrace the Suck, and it's like, so I, I can't sugarcoat that, but that's just what it's called, and he's giving his life story, and he's talking about this, but he said something, he was like 280 pounds in his 20s, and uh, he was just coming off a night shift spraying for bugs, and he heard something on the TV, he said a phrase that he never forgot, and it was, Navy SEALs defy mediocrity. And, and he says they're ringing the bell and they're going to these things. And he talks about he was the only SEAL to ever go through Hell Week three times in the same year. So basically he broke a knee once, all, all these things. And, and he gets to the last one and he has to tape his ankle all the way almost to his knee so his ankle won't bend. And he learns to run with his hip flexors to make it through SEAL training to, make it, to become a SEAL. So he's talking about embracing this, the terrible pain. He's talking about embracing the terrible things in life to actually push through to get to where you're supposed to be going. 
So he becomes a Navy SEAL and all this stuff, and, and now he speaks. I think he's written a book and different things, and, and, and the, the video has a lot of profanity, so be careful. But anyway, I've been, been studying this of, like, how do you go past where you are, and, and we've had this home situation that's kind of drained us. Like, how do you get past this? And, you know, I just go to Scripture in some areas, and James 1, 2, it says, count it all joy the trials you go through. That's embracing something to say, no, this isn't from God. That's not my theology. I don't believe God, who's this loving father, a friend, this amazing savior, is actually punishing me so I'm stronger to be better later. Like, I, I don't have that theology. He's a good father. He, he wouldn't do that. But the things that we happen to have to go through, we get stronger so that when we go to the other side, we're actually able to handle the, the integrity, the fortitude, the perseverance, those things that actually make us stronger to be able to steward all of this well. You look at David's life, and you look at so many of these lives that they went through all of these issues and went through all of this stuff to where all of a sudden when David received the crown, his head was strong enough, his shoulders were broad enough to be able to handle it because he honored Saul when Saul didn't deserve it. He worshiped God. He did these things through, through the cycles of his life. So Revelations 4 says this, 4.1. Do you have that video ready, Caleb? Are we good? Matt, would you mind helping to make sure? Okay, cool. I was like, I don't see a sound guy back there. We're going to need sound. So Revelations 4.1 says this. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Some versions say, come up here, and I will show you great and marvelous things. So God is calling us, and he's, he's inviting all of us to see from a different perspective. He's inviting us to see people from a different perspective. He's inviting us to see culture in a different perspective. He's inviting us to see problems under a different perspective. He's inviting us to see these challenges under a different perspective, that it's not going to kill me, that I'm going to push past it, and I'm going to be stronger after I'm through it. Like, he's, he's inviting us to see people the way he sees people, he doesn't see problems, he sees promises. And that's the thing, sometimes we run into these roadblocks and we run into these things that we can't see past. Like, i just be honest, this is how I fight my battles, that song. I've never been more successful in fighting battles than when I just lay it down and let Jesus take care of it. And all of a sudden, like, I'm a doer. I want to just get it done. Let's, let's just do this thing. Let's, let's, let's muscle through this. Let's, let's fix it. I'm a fixer. Sometimes when I just rest and I be still and I know that he's God, all of a sudden these battles that are fought, these, they're won in a much different, easier, less complicated way than I would have done it on my own. And most often there's not as many people hurt in the process. I, I want to focus on Martin Luther King Jr. just for a moment here. And I want to get into Joseph. And I want to talk about pursuing dreams, persevering dreams and destinies and callings in your life once you meet resistance. We know that I have a dream speech, and one of my favorite parts is when he's like, I have a dream that little black girls and little white boys will be able to play with each other, and he's, he's going through this dream, I have a dream for this, I have a dream for that, basically talking about the rights of African Americans, talking about equality and harmony, and it wasn't, it wasn't just for civil rights, it was also for all people to be able to love one another in Christ, and to actually be able to go through this nation, this world together. And, and we know history, and if you don't, just, just research some history. Martin Luther King Jr. Was, was, was a really good man. He did good things, but he wasn't perfect, okay? Uh, if, you, if you study him and you see some things, there were some things even in his marriage that weren't good, just to be really honest with you. There were some things that he wasn't a perfect person, 
but he was fighting for a great cause. He was fighting, and, he's this, and he was a man of God. And he's setting up principles, and he's paying this price, and he paid an ultimate price so that we could have freedom. And you see that in so many ways. We go through our military, we go through our history, we go through our wars, and we see that people paid a price so that their dreams could come true, that we live in a free land. Like, if you, if you look at this and you study some of the great um, uh, veterans that passed away, like Kyle and just different, different guys, like, they were fighting for freedom. They were fighting for a dream. They were willing to give themselves and give everything that a dream could come to pass. You look at Jesus. Jesus gave it all so that a dream could come true, that the Father had to reunite us back to him, back to the kingdom, back to, to eternity. You, you see this, so, so even when it got hard, Jesus didn't give up. Even when all of a sudden he's, he's on the cross and he's like, why, why have you forsaken me? And, and they're mocking him and spitting on him and torturing him and these things. At any time, he said, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, at any time, don't you know, Peter, that I could call 12 legions of angels? That's 77,000 of angels. And if you recall, some of the stories in the Bible were four angels, like, absolutely disrupted an entire city and, and won a battle. Like, now he's saying, don't you know I can call 77,000 angels, but I have to do this. I have to pay this price. He didn't give up. He didn't just die partially. Well, this is good enough to get him to heaven. No, he died all the way so we could have all the way freedom. He was broken so we could be whole. That was the Father's dream come true through Jesus. So Martin Luther King, he had this dream that we could live in this free world. And Monday we observe this. And, and Monday we always choose to serve and actually make a difference in that day. So we get to Joseph here. And Joseph was not only a dream interpreter, but he was a dreamer. So Joseph was the youngest brother. Any, any youngest siblings in here? Amen. Me too. We have the anointing. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing my siblings right now. But... Oftentimes, it's true. David, the youngest. Joseph, the youngest. And you can go on and on for so many. So, so anyway, Joseph, he, he brings this dream, okay? And I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. But I'm in Genesis 37 through basically 45. And this is Joseph's life. And it's, it's him having this dream. It's him taking it to the Father. He tells his brothers. So let me just go through a couple here. All right, Genesis 37, 2 through 11 says this, Joseph being 17 years old. How many know that, like, you're not underqualified? You're not underqualified to, to, to dream. You're not, you're not unlovable. You're not, like, he loves taking the impossible and making it possible. He loves taking the zeros and making them into heroes. He loves taking the nobodies and making them into somebodies. Like, Christy has a blog and these, this Instagram account, and I can't tell you how many people she's led to Christ through her story since she's went through her journey. God uses these things, and, and Christy would have never dreamt in a million years that that would have been the way that it was going to happen. But now he's opened up this platform that she can get out her story for God's glory. So, so let, me, let me continue on here. He was 17, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilah and Zilpha, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other son because he was the son of, of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now, how many know that jealousy goes deep? Jealousy goes so deep. And... and I'm telling you, the Bible just says love one another. How will they know they're my disciples? By the way you love one another. 
goes on verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheath, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed to my sheaf. Now, now uh, the brothers hated him. And now he's sharing this dream. Yeah, and you're all going to bow down to me. Basically, like, you stink. I'm better than you. You're going to bow down. That's the dream. And, and it says this. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Verse 9, then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept his, this saying in mind. We go through 42, all right? We, we skip all the way to 42, and I'll, I'll, I'll recap his life here in a moment. And all of a sudden, these dreams are coming true. There's a famine in the land. The brothers have to come. All right? Now they come with, without, um, without his youngest brother. So, so then he sends them all back. He says, no, I want to make sure my brother, the, the one, his birth brother from Rachel, was actually going to be there. So he's like, now go and come back. And he hasn't yet told him he's, he's the brother. But here's what happened to Joseph. All right? So his brothers get jealous from these dreams. They get upset with him. So they throw him in a pit. They throw him. They sell him to slavery. Okay? They, they, they basically, he became a servant to Potiphar, okay? Then he was falsely accused. He was put in prison, becomes a leader, starts a prison ministry. He gets forgotten about. He becomes interpreting these dreams, gets forgotten about. Then uh, it put in second command, eventually gets to be put in second command, ruling and reigning in the kingdom under Pharaoh and making all the decisions of the land, even when a famine is there and coming, so, so this is Joseph's life. So, so all of a sudden, he has this dream, and he knows he's, he's the youngest. He's the favored brother, right? And he has this dream, but all of a sudden, he gets thrown in a pit, makes it to the palace, gets in prison, makes it back to the palace. Like, you talk about perseverance. You talk about never giving up. And even while he's in the prison, he basically starts a prison ministry. Like, that's counting it all joy, the trials we go through. Even in our mess, we can do something about it. Even while these dreams aren't coming true, these are. I love what Nicole said. Aren't you glad to be here today? We're alive. We're breathing. We're well. We can't overlook the small things that the Lord is doing and focus more on what he's not doing. Like we can't focus more on the enemy and we can't focus more on what God's not doing. We just focus on what God is doing. And all of a sudden my perspective changes that now I'm thinking of the can-do mentality versus the can't-do mentality. So, so we, as we compare Joseph and we compare um, um, Martin Luther King Jr., we see that there's so many similarities that they were going against popularity. They were going against culture. They were in a time where, where some of their dreams, some of their ideas, some of their, their things that they were pursuing weren't popular, weren't even heard. So, so we keep going here, and, and he, God did use the least likely. There were hardships. You know, they were living in hard times, but they were pushing and pursuing dreams to make it to their destiny and what they felt they were called to do. I think sometimes, like we, Nicole and I were talking yesterday, and it's like, man, if things aren't perfect, we want to blame God and we just want to give up. And like, we just think our life has to be perfect. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus, where, where it's basically saying, like, we want to rejoice and, per, and, and, and be a part of his resurrection, 
But then we forget the next part. It says, and participate in his sufferings. Like all of us, we want to focus on the resurrection. We want to focus on the life. And then like all of a sudden when sufferings come, we're like, oh, done. I tap. Like what happens when things don't turn out the way you think they should turn out? Then what? What happens when your dreams don't come true? Then what? What happens when it doesn't turn out the way that you had hoped for or the way you felt it should in your plan? Like, or the timing. I, I, I want to just, just read this, this one thing here because basically I, I want to give permission to, uh, for all of you to dream. Nicole and I, after the last time I spoke, um, she's like, I just get sick of dreaming. And this is just her being real. She's like, I get sick of dreaming because when I dream and it don't come true, I get let down. So why dream? I'd rather be surprised when things good that happen and blah, 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 and just be lifted up rather than dream and it not happen, me be let down. Can, can anybody kind of relate to that? I, I want to read you because Amy sent me a text after that next day basically saying the same thing. Like, I have a hard time dreaming. So I, I just want to read what I, what I sent her, if I can find it. All right. Here, here's what I put. Because this was based on a, a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up here. I, I promise. It's closing number one of three. <laughs> Nicole and I's conversation was basically me trying to prove I was right and prove that she was wrong. She won. Because here's the thing about dreaming. Here's the thing about visions and looking past our now. Like, for me, it's easy. For me, it's natural. I'm a very positive person. And for me, I can see beyond the now and dream of, of that Lamborghini when it's absolutely unrealistic. Like, I can dream of that, that vacation home on the ocean. Like, I can dream of these things. I can dream of, of a city with no divorce. I can dream of a nation without abortion. Like, I can dream of those things. But some people, it's not practical. Some people, like, they're dreaming that maybe their heat will not be turned off this week. They're dreaming of, like, how to stay warm or where their next meal might be coming from. Some people are, are dreaming just to survive. Some people are dreaming of, okay, if we get out of this cancer wing and we no longer have cancer. Like, so I get that. So here's, here's what I told Amy when she was like, I have a hard time dreaming. And almost the same thing kind of what Nicole was saying. I said, not all dreams come true or at least in the timing we desire. But no dream comes true that are never dreamed. Nicole struggles with this too. I tell her I'd rather be positive and occasionally be let down than be negative and live in misery. You could reword it as, I'd rather dream and occasionally be let down than never dream and live in misery. You dream already, but probably just in ways that you overlook. I'm sure you have dreams or thoughts of your kids growing up, being healthy, future plans, a vacation, and excitement about one of Lydia's performances, her daughters, and pop rocks. So kind of a cool little jump rope thing. Dreaming doesn't have to be outlandish to be a dream. It could be very practical things if that's easier for you to approach. Dreaming simply gives us hope as a glimpse of the possibilities or what can be. It keeps me alive to dream into things that are better than the now. It gives me a hunger for the more and even increases my faith for the potential of what could be, both natural and spiritual. Hope that helps. And then I put this. We can't also let the past um, letdowns affect future dreams. If our history is more powerful than our destiny, then we're already dead. So that, that's what I put. So, like, I have a dream. I, we, we as a church have a dream that, that abortion would stop, that the heartbeat bill goes through in Ohio, that, that divorce will end, that sexual confusion will have clarity, 
you know, that the issues that we're facing in culture, that the economy will continue to increase, that joblessness will continue to decrease, that cancer wards will go out of business. Like, we have these dreams. We have dreams of healings. We have dreams of marriages being restored, of finances being redeemed. We have dreams of, of your children serving the Lord and meeting their destinies and their potential. We have dreams of your grandchildren coming back to the Lord. Like, those are dreams of our church. We have a dream that, that it will be freedom that we can all just come into a house of worship and edify the Lord and just be lost in his presence and let him take care of our problems. Like these are some of the dreams that we have. We have a dream that each person will, each person will reach their destiny and their potential. Like that's, that's some of our dreams. And, but if we never dream them, what's actually going to come true? They're just going to be occurrences. I, I want to dream, and I want to dream big, and I want to encourage you to dream big. Josh invited everybody up front here a couple weeks ago, and there was a hunger to dream. There was a hunger to have visions beyond what we're currently at. Like, there's a hunger for that. There's a hunger for the more. And, and let me just tell you, like, wherever you're at, just pray for the increase of, Lord, of the Lord in your life. Like, some of you maybe have never seen a healing. Like, that was new for some people in our group on, on Wednesday night. You know, and, and here Ashley's coming in, she's limping in, she can't sit down, and by the time she leaves, we pray for her, and she's getting up and down, sitting and moving and jumping, texts us the next morning, says, I can't believe it, I still have no pain. Like, that's, that's the power of the Lord, so maybe you've never seen his grace and his mercy and his love in that powerful way. So maybe for you, it's just like, man, I'm going to pray for a headache. I'm going to pray for a headache, I'm going to see a headache get healed. Or, or maybe, like, I go for it, like... I just go for it. If it's in the Bible, it's an invitation for me to try it. And I've, I've prayed for dead people. I've tried to walk through walls. I've tried to walk on water. Yet to do some of those things. I have seen some really radical things praying for dead people. I'll say that. I've seen a few dead people come to life. So these are things that increase my faith. There's things that I dream of. There's things that when I go to St. Lucia, I want to see the entire nation surrender to Jesus. I, I want to see this, and, and I want to see, like, the, the, the deaf ears open, the blind eyes see. I want to see nations bow down at his glory. Like, that's, that's so amazing for me to dream of those things. But maybe you, you're just, you're just dreaming of, okay, I'm going to have a positive week. I'm not going to talk bad about anybody. I'm not, like, that's okay. Those are your dreams. But uh, just for a moment here, and the band's going to come, I just want to invite you to dream a little with me. And we're we done. I want to invite you to dream for the more, and I want, I want you to go deep. Like, but here's the deal. I don't want these roadblocks and these walls and these things to interfere with where the Lord is wanting to take you. Like when you end up in a pit, you end up in a valley, the great thing is it's only up. Like on the other side of every valley is a mountain every time. Sometimes to get to the mountain, you got to go through a valley. But here's the cool thing. When you think about it, that's where the nutrients and the rivers run, though. That's where the life is. If you go too high up on the mountain, there's, after 10,000 feet, there's very little up there. I've been there. It's the valleys where the streams run and the, 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 the animals find nutrients and the, most of the life is. So while we're down in the valley, we actually get life to be and soar up on the mountain. Let me end with this scripture. Revelation 4.1. I want to end where I started. And it says this. It does not say that.
We're not perfect, but we have dreams. We may have technical difficulties. We may have videos that don't work, but we're people of presence. We're people who are passionate about God's presence, passionate about people. And it's not just about programs and, and beautiful sounds and great screens. Like sometimes it's the simplicity of the gospel that penetrates hearts. Sometimes it's the simplicity of just his love. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that lead men to repentance. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't arguing about the word. I was an atheist. I didn't care about the word. It was a book to me until I met Jesus. Sometimes it's just the beautiful things in life that we can dream for that actually penetrate our hearts. Revelations 4, 1, it just again says, come up here, let me show you great and marvelous things. Won't you stand with me? I think God's just challenging us come up to see from a different perspective, to dream bigger, dream wilder, dream more reckless, to serve, to live a reckless, abandoned life for him. Like, I don't know. It's, I think it's cool. I, I've been loving going after, like, how can I go beyond my limits? Because if it's something that I can do within myself, is God really in it? Like, I want to go beyond my limits naturally, physically, spiritually. I want to go beyond my limits of what I think I'm capable of, and I actually want to invite the Lord into it. So just put your hands on your heart. Actually, let's do one on your heart, one on your mind, one on your head. Now, we just, we thank you. And we ask that you just come into our thoughts, come into our dreams, invade our hearts, invade our lies, invade anything, any disbelief, God. God, invade the way that it just has always been. And God, increase our faith, increase our hunger, increase our dreams, God. And God, we just invite you to do, do, do things beyond exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine. God, we pray for every home here, every marriage here, every child here, every future child, Jesus. And we just ask for the more. We ask for the more, Jesus. We ask for the heavenly realm. As you're inviting us to see from a heavenly perspective, we invite a heavenly realm to invade our lives, to invade our finances, to invade our, our natural lives, our emotions, our, 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 our health, God, our spirit, Lord. We just invite you, Jesus, as you bring us up to your heavenly realm and show us great and marvelous and wonderful things. Let us see what you're seeing. Let us hear what you're hearing. Let us feel what you're feeling, Jesus. And let us say what only you're saying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, have an amazing day. We love you. I hope his face just shines upon you. And uh, be radically transformed by his presence. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your day. Stay warm. Bless you guys.